feel good at the beginning. And we'll just see what happens after that. But in the Lord good, turn to your neighbor and say, it's so good to see you today. It is. It's so good to see you and the folks here today at Rodney Pike Church of God. Great showing today. Great showing today. A good, wonderful turnout in the 9 o'clock service and then this at the 1030 service. God bless you and thank you so much for being a part of the church. And I am so looking forward to next Sunday for communion. That we can be and come together in faith believing and and the um, I believe our our actually our banner is close to what the what the slogan is for the motto is for the national back to church Sunday. We've already had it up there together. We're stronger, and they just said stronger together. They must have saw our banner. Really, I I think it's by coincidence. It's it's actually I don't I don't really think things are by coincidence. I think it just. God just helps nudging us along. Isn't it great how the Lord nudges? Do you ever get nudged along and encouraged as you go? Praise the Lord. If you'd like to turn to your Bibles, just have it ready for 1 Samuel chapter 1. Just be ready to go there. But I'd like to share and continue to share with you. Never give up. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. We thank you, God, for your word, for your word brings faith. Your word brings healing and power. Your word is alive, Father, and we thank you for it. I ask you, Lord, for your touch and for your anointing, Lord, that I may be able to share your word and we all may receive a a good news message, that our faith be encouraged in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I like Pastor Micah's comment about the Cheez-Its and about the crumbs and such. I don't know that, I guess uh, he said that Lee and I, have, we're not legalistic because we allowed the kids to have kid packs Cheez-Its, but I don't know what Linda Mahan's opinion will be uh, after that. I'll tell you one thing, it's kind of like me when I cut grass. I like the grass to be up a little bit so I can follow my lines and my rows, you know, and make my rows. If it's not high enough, then it's not going to be noticeable. So if there are cheesy trails, then Linda will know. Don't purposely leave her trails, but she'll know that you've been here. But it's so great. Isn't it? I want you to give a great round of applause to the families, to the children that are here this morning. Oh, what a great, great, awesome joy and blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I appreciate to hear what the prayer outreach, the results of Cindy. She mentioned the prayer team and outreach of prayer. You don't know what you accomplish. We don't see all the, the, the rest of the story. We don't know all the facts as we go along. But I tell you, heaven, heaven was moving there at, at the flea market. And then last night, heaven was moving around a fire. The bonfire with the teens and teen ministries, student ministries. My heart is aching for students. My heart is aching for school-age students and the teenagers. What they got to go through and deal with. We adults, we kind of sometimes, we kind of get things in the present messed up and goofed up sometimes. And our young people and our students have to kind of live in it and deal with it. But I tell you what, God's raising up an army. He's raising up an army of the future, the church of Jesus Christ, 
So I say the Lord's hand is upon our students. I know that you're praying for the students, all the students in our community, all the young people, that God will move in a mighty way in their life. And the Lord touched them. Praise God. And I want to, and we're emphasizing prayer this month and praying for our nation, praying for the needs, praying for revival, praying there, there are multiplistic things then, and issues and attacks that have been uh, lifted up against God and his kingdom and a lot of other things going on and the, uh, the, the resetting and redefining of morality in our nation and the throwing out of Judeo-Christian values and the decision of rather to be loud and violent rather than to give a sensible argument seems to be a spirit that's moving around in our nation. But God still has a people. God has a people who pray and seek his face, a people who have decided that we're never going to give up when it comes down to calling upon God and calling upon his provision and his solution. How many here believe that God is the answer to everything? That Jesus Christ is the answer to everything that we deal with. Praise the Lord. Praise God. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, in the... Uh, um, New King James Version, Luke gives a synopsis or actually gives a summary of Jesus sharing parables. And I just want to use that one verse as a key verse of scripture as the start of this series and continue on. That Luke writes, and he says, then he who is Jesus spoke a parable to them. And then he gives a summary to what Jesus was trying to bring across in the parables. He understood it. He got the message, and we have the message today. He says that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Somebody doesn't want you praying. Somebody wants to interrupt and, and intercept and try and interfere with your prayers. And it's not God because God is ready to intervene in your prayers. But somebody wants to get in the way and, and somebody wants to use our flesh and our weaknesses as human beings to get in the way of our prayer life and praying to God. But I want you to know that here... Jesus said, and Luke wrote it down as a, as a summary of what Jesus was trying to bring across. He said, men always ought to pray. Always ought to pray. Always means during the good times and the bad times. But I'll tell you what, during the bad times, isn't it so wonderful to have the wonderful blessing of prayer that we can pray to a God that hears us and understands us and is touched with the high priest, is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, hallelujah, that was tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. Isn't it wonderful that we have Jesus, that we cry out to God the Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ and all of heaven will move on the behalf of God's people. We are not a forgotten people. God is with us. His promises are still yes and amen. They're yes and forever. They're yes and they're settled. And therefore we stand on the promises of God and we stand on the name of Jesus Christ and know that the Lord is able to do all things. You believe your God is able to do all things then men always ought to pray and not lose heart. The, the New Living Translation states it this way. 
of another way of saying not to lose heart. It says never give up. Never give. Do we have any stubborn people in this house? Go on. Oh, come on now. Let's confess. This is a moment of, of confession for God's people. Anybody have a tendency to, to, to be stubborn and uh, kind of controlling and, you know, come on. Oh, man, somebody. Oh, bless God. Some folks in the back are getting saved right now. Amen. And they're getting, they're getting delivered from stubbornness, but there is a holy stubbornness in you. There's a bulldog in every one of us. There's a, there's a pit bull in every one of us. A pit bull, you know what's so bad about pit bulls? Is that once they lock their jaws, they don't want to let go and they will not let go. And they're not going to quit. They're going to hang on to what they latched hold of. And you and I are going to hold on to the promises of God. No matter what the media says. No matter what the news says. No matter what Congress says. No matter what the Supreme Court says. No matter what president is in the White House. You and I have locked our jaws onto the truth. And we're going to have a a holy boldness and a holy stubbornness and we're going to be pit bulldogs for the kingdom of God and we're not going to let go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Never, never let go. Never let go. And when I think about never give up, never give up. When I think about the comparisons of spirituality and issues of life and what we deal with, it makes me think of the comparisons of yoke, of the yoke. I'm not talking about the egg yoke, but I'm talking about what the Bible talks about, the yoke upon our shoulders, upon our shoulders. There's, there's a biblical, specific, prophetic meaning with a yoke. And there are, there are two types of yokes. The first is the yoke of the Lord. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. He said, Know that my burden is easy and it's light. He says here, Take my yoke upon you. So Jesus has a yoke which we must take on, which you and I must carry. But there's something unique, a yoke of is something that's given to us to carry upon our shoulders that's fitted around our neck and on our shoulders and we're bearing that yoke. The yoke of the Lord is what God gives us to carry as we go through life. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. To have the companionship, partnership with Jesus Christ is all about discipleship and making it through life. WWJD, what would Jesus do? And, and we could go on. I wish I would have been clever enough to write down some WWs of what would Jesus try, uh, what Jesus would do in our life, what Jesus would decide for us. But if we have a yoke of the Lord upon us that he says is light and it's easy, and the reason why is because he's strong and we're weak. He's strong that he bears that yoke beside us. What a team. What 
teamwork there where that we're weak and we can't keep up with him but he is strong and he upholds us and keeps us and carries us along I think about a yoke I think about if I were to wear a physical yoke I wouldn't want to be yoked with somebody like maybe Toby Curtis you know Toby Curtis in the church mountain Toby you know he is one big guy tall guy I wouldn't want to be yoked next to Toby it would be kind of lopsided a little bit here and Toby you move around and before you know it he'd be dragging me along or maybe be hooked up to uh, yoke to uh, Matthew Beaver here. Matthew's much taller than me. Come on up here, Matthew. Come on up here and stand up here just for a minute because I want you to get the visual, okay? Are you starting to see it? You're starting to see? Now, if I am, we're yoked together. How do you think this is going to work out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, that's it, brother. God bless you. <laughs> Good. Toby would say, come on, Pastor. Move it along, Pastor. We got to move. Let's go. Let's move. He'll keep working his long legs, and I'm trying to, my little short legs, trying to keep up with him. Eventually, I'll, I'll run out of steam. I'll get tired, and it'll be too hard. The next, you know, old uh, Matt would be dragging me along, and I can't keep up with it. But you see, let me tell you about the master. The master says, come on, yoke up with me. I mean, really, Matthew probably would say, I'm ready to get another partner. Uh, is there anybody else out there I can sign up with that might be able to keep up with me but not our Jesus our Jesus the strong one our Jesus the mighty one our Jesus the one that leads the way he puts a light yoke upon us and he'll pick us up if we can't keep up he'll lift us up when we're falling down he'll strengthen us he'll talk to us he'll be next to us and and you know what a lot of things have been said lately in recent months about the COVID-19 and our government has got some ideas on how to handle it some of some of it's been good and some of it's been old brother but the thing is is that they come up with this idea and I it just came to me today when I was worshiping it just came to me about this yoke that I'm yoked with Jesus and I'm with Jesus. Uh, there's something they talked about, you know, doing tracing on people, tracing people, where they've been, where they're going, who they've been in touch with. I say U.S. government. I say the state of Ohio. You can trace me because when you come to me, you're going to find Jesus uh, that's hooked up next to me. You trace me, you're going to hear about the Lord. You're going to hear about Jesus. You're going to see what the Lord can do in, in someone's life. Go ahead and trace me because I've been yoked with Jesus. Come on. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. We say, I don't know how I'm going to deal with what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to work this thing out. I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't know how we're going to work out our finances. How, how am I going to get through trying to live a normal life when people wear masks and, and there's fear out in the street and people are concerned about COVID-19? I don't know how to function. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to deal with it. Depression has crept in the minds of people and there's a yoke. There's a yoke of the Lord and then there's the yoke of the devil. And the devil will try and put a yoke on God's people. We'll try and weigh them down with depression, with 
fear, with anxiety, a yoke that sometimes we open the door for those yokes to happen in our life. While we're asleep, the devil comes and sows tares into the field while we're asleep. And then there's a, our fields are messed up because we've been careless, we've been weak, we've been caught off guard. But God has a solution in it all. How are we going to deal with these things that the world's trying to put on us, these yokes of, of, of different things and fears and anxieties, how we deal with it? Is it first of all, first and very first of all, the child of God allows himself to be yoked with Jesus. And if we're yoked with Jesus, you can't wear another yoke. The devil may try and put one on you, but you're already yoked with Jesus Christ. That's how we deal with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, fear. I'm yoked with Jesus. And Jesus whispering in my ear the things I need to hear. And I need to hear from him. He's communing with me. He's giving me encouragement. The world saying you're going to fall apart. The world says you're going to fail. No, no, no. Because I'm yoked to Jesus. And Jesus is with me. Jesus is next to me. And I'm next to Jesus. And we're yoked together. And if I don't keep up, he will carry me. He will help me. He he will teach me. He will disciple me because I'm yoked with him. That's how we do it. Get yoked with Jesus. Get yoked with him. And the devil wants to put the, the yoke of failure, of barrenness, barrenness upon your life and barrenness upon your marriage, barrenness upon your job and your career, your education, making you barren and fruitless and not producing anything. You don't think you're getting anywhere. You want to put the yoke of barrenness on you. But if you're yoked with Jesus, you won't have that yoke of barrenness. We can open ourselves up for that kind of yoke. And the yoke of the devil includes the yokes like the yoke of barrenness. Barrenness will cause and affect every area of our life. How do we get those yokes of barrenness? It's through sin and disobedience to God's word. Deuteronomy 28 and 45 through 48. It talks about a door can be opened for the devil to place a yoke of barrenness on us. Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessings and curses. The blessings such as the blessing of fruitfulness are the benefits of a life of obedience to God. While the curses such as the curse of barrenness are the result of disobedience to God. In Lamentations 1 and 14, the prophet Jeremiah talks about yokes brought by transgression of sin. Yokes that we have, have used our own hands to pick up those yokes because of our own sins and place them upon our backs. Carelessness is another way we open the door for the enemy to place a yoke on us. Matthew 13, 24 through 30, Jesus told a parable of how the enemy plants or places things on people while they are asleep. We are told that while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares in the field. The sleep here is a state of carelessness, a state of not being spiritually awake, an alert which can open a door for, it, for the enemy to place a yoke on someone. The good news for you and I today is that there's deliverance 
through the Lord and deliverance in this service. In this very service, there is deliverance. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, not next month, but today. In this service, there is deliverance. Both the lawful and unlawful captives. In Isaiah 49, there is deliverance for every yoke of barrenness we have brought upon ourselves by our sin, disobedience, and carelessness. There's also deliverance today for every yoke of barrenness that have come by no fault of ours. See, the enemy will try and put something on you too. He is the liar, you know. He is the deceiver. Now the thing is with us is to be honest and truthful with ourselves. Some of our yokes that we're bearing, we have put them on ourselves. And some of them we can identify and say the devil's lying to me and trying to put it on me and put the guilt on me. And you shouldn't have that either. But the solution for both of those scenarios are today. Deliverance is here today. That you don't have to wait and, and linger and, and, and wait for it because according to Isaiah that there is an anointing that will destroy the yoke. There is the presence of God that will destroy that yoke in your life. Even if you failed, God says, that's okay, we can solve this today. Even if you have been careless, God says, that's okay, we can solve this today. And even if the devil's come against you, lying to you, trying to put something on you that you don't even deserve, Jesus says, that's okay, that can be taken care of today. We need to seize the moment. We need to see the season. This isn't a season where the God's people can be yoked down with sin and, and live a life of barrenness but this is a season where the world needs to see God's people thrive in the presence of God. Where they're walking in liberty and in freedom. While the world's trying to put a yoke on you you say it ain't gonna come on because I've been yoked to Jesus Christ. And the anointing destroys all other yoke. Now, that yoke, it's, in other words, you don't have to be someone waiting on God for the blessing of a child before you know or understand what barrenness is. This is because barrenness cuts across every facet of life. It can affect a person's spiritual life, relationship with God, finances, career, academics, physical and mental health and marital life the same way it can affect a person's womb. Pain is a result of that yoke. The goal of the yoke of the enemy is to destroy you. The devil doesn't want you to make it with his kind of yoke. It's out to destroy you. You can't handle it. You can't handle the guilt. You can't handle the, the weight of it. It is out to make you suffer and to have pain. Jesus is the yoke that brings us to life, that brings us to power, that brings us victory. Jesus Christ 
his attributes, his nature, his provision, who he is, rubs up on you and I the moment we hook up to him and we're yoked to him. So the Lord declares today, this is a day to get the yoke of barrenness off of you. You don't have to think that you're barren anymore. The Lord is going to bless you. The anointing's going to destroy the yoke and God is going to set you free. One of the biggest ideas among pastors today is where and how are we going to deal with this mindset that's been brought before us, this plague that is a part of a virus but has no biological effect on us. You're affected by the plague. Whether or not you get the plague, it has affected our world. It's affected the way we think. It has affected the church. It has affected people and it can become a spirit that will continue to begin to bully you, begin to push you, begin to load you down with a weight and a yoke that is not yours and in the name of Jesus Christ and the anointing of the Spirit of God, the yoke is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. The yoke is broken because the power of the Spirit. The yoke has no power over us because of the Word of God, because Jesus reigns. He reigns today. He reigns tomorrow. He reigns forever and forever and forever. Glory to, glory to our God. My goodness. God's going to destroy every yoke of barrenness and free us from every bondage, captivity, and slavery to barrenness. But we must come and we must come to Jesus. First Samuel verse 1 I'm reading from the New Living Translation Elkanah had two wives Hannah and Peninnah Peninnah had children but Hannah did not each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice the Lord of Heaven's armies at the to the Lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priest of the Lord at that time was the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. I'm telling you this morning, it's time to claim it all. It's time to receive the abundance of God. Not a small portion of the abundance of him. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. This went on for years. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask her husband. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. <laughs> Isn't that better than having ten sons? That could be questionable. And, <laughs> and it could have been answered that way. It's, well, you have me. And so every wife would say, oh, yeah, that's right. I do have a child. 
Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Hannah got up and went to pray. Now, you got to get up out of your situation now. You have to decide and make a decision. The world wants to say that there's disadvantage to maybe a particular race and a creed of people. But to God, all are sons and daughters to him. And there is no limitation. With God, all things are possible. God is, God is no, in scripture he says in Acts, that Peter says that God, he said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. You know what that means? God doesn't, doesn't make a difference to God. Where the person come from, how the person looks, where their status is, or even where they're at. That God does not respect their persons. And that the very gift that he has for people is for everyone. And all who believe. All who believe. And once after the sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Hannah decided that... I'm never going to give up. Maybe it was a day that she probably thought, well, I've gone so many times and nothing has happened, not been any results. I prayed every year. I went to the tabernacle and nothing's happened. I still don't have a son. She could ride out the excuse train. Maybe that's what we do. We ride out an excuse train and say, well, God, I prayed to you so many times and nothing has happened. You've not saved my husband. You've not saved my children. You've not moved in my home. You've not, you've not helped my marriage. You, you've not healed my loved one. You have not given me a better job. You know what I mean. Let's just go on down the list of things. But she didn't do that. She, she decided I'm going to give a never give up prayer. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pour out my heart to God. Listen, I've received prayer requests from people. I've received prayer requests from people because they don't plan on praying. You ever get any of those? You know? I've had people talk to me in, in, in talking sessions and, Pastor, will you pray? Then I look at them and say, are you praying? You know, and we kind of have a tendency to pass the buck. You know, well, now it's off me. It's on you. No, it's still on you. It's your need. It's your situation. He's your God. And he's listening and waiting for you to say something about the situation. He's wanting to prove himself to you and for you. Don't put it on somebody else. As a matter of fact, let me say this. Let it go on social media. Let it go throughout the church. Don't you dare give a prayer request that you haven't already been seeking God about. Because we shall not make a mockery of that. For God wants to hear from you. Amen? Amen. Because we don't use a prayer wall to be a reporting wall. That prayer wall isn't like social media. Let's pass the buck and give a little information. That's it. Let's forget about it. It's a place that you're saying, if you post something, give something. Let me tell you. If you're watching, hear me out. There, there you are. Hear me out. That God is wanting you to pray about it too. How much do you want it, honey? 
how much you do desire it, honey. Are you willing to get up and to go to the tabernacle and go with a deep agonizing heart that you go and agonize before God and to say, oh God, I can't speak words. I can't express it, God. I can just weep and I can moan and I can move my mouth and it's coming out of me, but words are coming out. I'm willing to look like a drunk person, a crazy person, an out-of-body kind of person, but I am hungry and I'm hurting and I know, God, you're the God that loves me. You won't reject me. You won't turn me aside. That's what happened to Hannah. Religious people don't get it. They don't get it. They can wear the holy garb like Eli and miss the whole point and think Hannah's drunk and accuses her of drinking. The sin of Eli's house had already been going on. And the baby that was going to come with Samuel was gone. God was going to use it to straighten up that priesthood. But already, there was no sense of direction. Let me tell you, make very sure that if you're not perceiving and can't judge Make very sure that it's not because you've gotten used to wearing the outfit and you've become religious and you're no longer connected with God. Search your heart. Say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And God will only bless and use those that are connected, yoked up with him. And Eli was not right, so he didn't read it. And Hannah began to tell her, I'm not drunk. I'm not drinking. I haven't been drinking. My heart is agonizing before God. I'm calling out to God for this need, for I, I'm barren. I don't want to be barren anymore. Maybe that's your question today. Do you want to remain barren? I'm not talking about having a, 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 a flesh and blood baby. I'm talking about the barrenness that hits every part of your life. Are you barren? You don't want to be barren anymore. Then cry out to God like you mean it. You go to me and you're going to tell me something? You better tell me something like you mean it or else I won't really pay attention to it. But if you come to me and I see the passion and I see the drive and the love in you, I will listen to you as a human being and understand and feel with compassion. Your God is higher than humans. He knows your heart. So our heart needs to be right and we need to be agonizing and praying to God for the Lord to save our sons and daughters. For these are the last days. The trump of God is going to sound. The rapture is going to take place. There are people going to be here and people going to be taken away. I don't don't want to be on church on the Sunday after the rapture. At least not in this church. At the gathering of the saints. Oh, pastor, I want to hear about this end time stuff. It gets me so upset. So what? Get upset. We're in a culture of church world. We don't want to feel upset. We don't want to feel conviction. We don't want to feel bad. Maybe you need to be like Hannah. Be agonized and say, oh God, save my son, save my daughter, God. I don't want them left behind. I don't want them lost. 
You say, Pastor, I've been doing that. Well, don't stop because your season is going to come. Hannah didn't stop. She waited for years. It went on for years and didn't have an answer. But she cried out to God just the same and got up before God's presence. She probably had a reason not to go to the tabernacle that day. But she didn't listen to her excuse. She followed her heart of passion for God. How many today didn't go to church because they just kind of tired? I say we become hungry for the Lord and his presence and for his answers. We live in a world that needs answers. It needs answers. And God has the answer. Now, let me go on. I'm going to try and finish this. Eli said, must you come here drunk? And he demanded, throw away your wine. I know there's got to be a Pentecostal preacher that wants to use that verse of scripture. And, you know, both kind of wine. You know, the wine we whine about, wine. You know, wine, wah, wah. Wine, wah, wah. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. Long, fat, juicy ones. I'm not going to go further. I'm going to stop. Well, that kind of wine. Lose the wine, okay? Lose the wine. Believe in God. Passionately cry out to him. But here he thought she was drunk, and he was way out of, out of line, out of perception. He didn't know what he was talking about. He wasn't in tune with God to know what was going on. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out to great, of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you've asked him. And then she said, oh, thank you, sir. She exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Listen, God's word is true. Pastors and preachers will fail. They do. They just do, okay, because they're men. They will make mistakes and they will fail. But the institution founded in heaven and the principles founded on the word of God will never fail. And she, by faith, went back no matter what the condition Eli was in. She went back, believed in the word as being prophecy, and went back home and was comforted by it and know that God was going to do something about it. And we know that he did do something about it. She did have a son, and his name was Samuel. And because the Lord had blessed her, and so she said, Lord, in her prayer, God, if you will give me a son, if you will give, her me, give me a son, I will give him back to you. The reason why we are barren is because whatever we're praying for, we're not willing to give it back to God. Wow. What do you mean by that, Pastor? We pray for our jobs and our income, but we will not tithe. You don't give it back to God, and so God's just going to not going to play a game with you. You pray for a house 
And if you don't devote every room of that house to the will of God and God's presence, where prayer is being lifted up in that house and the Bible's being read in that house and you give it back to God for his glory, then you need to consider what's going on here. Are you willing to give it back to God because he's the one that blesses us? You know what? And if you want children... Praying for children, say, God, I will devote my children and teach them to serve you and know you at an early age. That baby dedication is not a few words in front of a person for a few moments in front of the church and then it's all over. It is a lifetime commitment, mom and dad, that you raise your children to serve the Lord and in the word of God, that you live a godly example before them, that they'll serve the Lord. Well, that sounds real hard, God. It means that God's got conditions. Well, you know, um, he does. He does. There's, it's what you call covenant. And he blesses. Let me go on and try and stop. Back, in verse, back to verse 25 through 28. She had Samuel. She named him. She loved him. She's going to give him away. When he got older, she went back. And I want you to look at this word in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 25 through 28 in the New Living Translation. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. And now Hannah starts talking. See, this is, this is why you agonize, you pray, and you believe in God and never quit. There's testimony time. There's testimony, and this is what happened. She said... Spoke to Eli, sir, do you remember me? You ever had someone come up to you like, do you remember me? You know, back when, and you're standing there, you don't really remember a lot. I don't know if Eli really remembered that much, but he's standing there. And she says, sir, do you remember me? I'm the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I was right here, right? I found my, I've had Christians tell me, part of the church, been part of the church for years. We'll go and even point out the spot. It was right there when I prayed and God heard me and forgave me of my sins. She says, I was right here. I was right here. I stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy. And he has granted my request. Mm. Oh, come on. Hey, Sister Minnie, get up and testify about God doing something. We, we get happy, excited, because she's just glorifying God. And we're sitting there crying. Oh, bless her heart. Oh, this is so wonderful. It's great. And we're touched and moved by it. I want you to be moved to the fact that Hannah stood there before Eli. This is him. This is the promise. This is the promise. <laughs> and he will belong to the Lord his whole life his whole life why don't you just put your hand on the, your children's heads and say and she and he will belong to the Lord the rest of their life the rest of their life glory to God God gave you your kids though sometimes they do try you God gave you those kids Pray for that teenager mom over that mom with teenagers. <laughs> sanity in the house, sanity. Never give up. Never give up. That's right. 
You know what I'm talking about. Some of you got your, you got your, te- how many of you got their testimony? Raise their hand, huh? Raise your hand. You got your testimony? Got you? Never give up. Your testimony about your never give up prayer? Never give up prayer? How many of you, some of you need to jump and get a hold of this and say, I'm never giving up. I'm never giving up. God is going to do this for me. God's going to make it happen. The Lord is able. I may not be able, but I am yoked with Jesus and Jesus with me. And he's going to make sure that I'm going to walk in this promise. Hallelujah. I'm the very woman who stood here. I'm the very person stood here. I'm testifying the fact. Oh, what God, that God answers prayer. Anybody got a testimony, say amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about, say amen. And then the Bible says, and they worship the Lord there. I'm going to close in, in the second chapter, verse 1 and 2. And this is Hannah's prayer praise. Then Hannah prayed, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. See, because he had Penina kept on chiding, making fun of her. Where's your kids, Hannah? Where's your kids? Where's your, aren't you barren, Hannah? And laughing and joking. There are enemies that are laughing, joking maybe at you, but now... You can rejoice in the Lord said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There's no rock like our God. No rock like our God. Oh, somebody praise the Lord and glorify him. There's no rock like our God. Come on, won't you just stand your feet right now? Won't you just praise him right now? Let's, let's just enter his courts with praise and uh, enter his gates with, with thanksgiving and his courts with praise right now. Just begin to worship him now. Worship him now. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know the details of your life, but God knows everything that's going on. I don't know the prayers that you've been praying, but God has heard every one of yours. God has not forgotten you. God will receive you and help you. Oh, the Lord is your rock. He is your substance. He is your very present help in the time of trouble. The Lord is with you. He won't forsake you. Hallelujah. He's heard your prayers. Those prayers that you prayed at late hours and those prayers you've been praying for a long time. Don't lose heart for your time is coming where you're going to stand and give praise to God and say and tell the world, do you remember when I was praying for this? Look what God has done. Because I never gave up. I will never give up. Because my God is able. My God is able. Hallelujah. I want you to sing that last song you sang. You sang it the first service, but then I liked it, and you sang the last. I said, thank you, Lord, because I couldn't remember what it was, but go ahead and sing that one, the last song. And I want you, this is what I want you to do. Sanctify the place you're at right now. Go on in, in the name of Jesus. Lord, just sanctify the spot, the place, this house, your presence, Lord. Jesus' name. Because you know what? You're going to pray right now. You're going to lift up, as the Bible says, lifting up holy hands in prayer. 
How many here say, Pastor, I gotta never give up prayer that I've been praying. Raise your hand. I gotta never give up prayer that I've been praying. And I know my God is able. My God is able. I don't have the answer yet, but the answer's on its way. I have my season. God's going to provide. God's going to make it happen. Go on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.